0: Yes, in just under 40 days, Brazilians will head to the polls for a crucial national election. And the alarming question many people are asking is, will President Jair Bolsonaro accept the results? He's well behind in the polls, and for months he's attacked Brazil's electronic voting machines as rife with fraud, despite virtually no evidence, and Brazil's election officials as aligned against him. He's told his tens of millions of supporters that, quotes, "'If need be, we will go to war,' he said in a recent speech, and there's obvious inspiration from elsewhere." The candidate leading in the polls is Brazil's former left wing president, Luiz Inácio Luar da Silva, Lula da Silva. And should he win, his supporters hope he can turn round Brazil's declining fortunes. Deborah Barros Leal Farias is a Brazilian born and educated senior lecturer in politics and international relations, now resident in Australia. And she joins us now. Hi, Deborah.
1: and and so happy to to be here, to be able to talk a little bit about what's going on in Brazil.
0: Well, is Brazilian democracy at risk here, as some do suggest in pretty uh, strong terms?
1: Well, that is a very valid question. I mean, that's something that I've been... Even though I've been living in Australia for four years now, I'm still really, really in touch with a large community of um, political scientists and academics in Brazil. And this is a daily question that we all have, because for the first time since the country redemocratized, which was in the mid 80s, we have a president that's really openly talking about, preemptively, not accepting the results of an election, and he keeps wavering. He, sometimes he doubles down um, and says, we will not accept, and other times he steps back. He just gave a, a, a big interview in one of Brazil's leading TV channels, and when asked, he said he would accept if the election is deemed fair. It, it drinks very much on the same, let's say, water fountain mm. um, of <laughs> of Donald Trump. Although I will say the interesting thing about um, Bolsonaro is that he was already talking about fraud, electoral fraud, before he was elected to the presidency. So it's a very strange situation where someone who was elected— um, is still claiming that it was fraud. In his mind, he says he should have won in the very first round with over 50 percent of the votes. I think he got 46. And he said that it was fraud. And he keeps saying that he has proof. Yet almost, you know, four years later, he still hasn't produced um, any concrete evidence of any sort of actual proof that, you know, Mm. something wrong actually happened.
0: So what's your level of concern about this? You say it's a sort of a daily Um, concern, but how much?
1: Well, here is the issue. So this is my personal opinion. From What I take from it, I think it's unlikely, but I don't think it's impossible. So I'm in that point where I don't think that in order to, to have, let's say, a successful coup or anything on those, um, you know, lines, it's not just about having the president talking to, his supporters. You would need to have a broader institutional and societal, let's say, acceptance. And that's where a lot of the gray area is. What is the military forces? What is it that they would actually do? Um, Since they can't publicly state their opinion, it's not really clear. And I have colleagues, academics who really work with democracy and armed forces in Brazil. And even they are like, well, It's hard to tell because the ones that are very outspoken and tend to be very much pro-Bolsonaro, they're usually retired. And so and they are in the government because they are pro-Bolsonaro. So it's not really clear as if the armed forces would actually support or even have some sort of fracture. Um, in the sense of what is going on, but Bolsonaro right now, I think there is, and and this is me being an optimist. I think it's more about inflaming his base and really grabbing the attention and say, you know, oh, this is what we will do. But there is fear. There is genuine concern over, you know, what happens if he keeps saying this, and then some of his
0: more radical supporters decide mm. to do a January 6th. If the polls are reliable uh, and support for Bolsonaro has declined massively, what's yeah. shifted among Brazilians to cause this? Um, a
1: couple of things. So I'd, I'd say with the sort of basics, it's, you know, follow the money um, or the lack thereof. So nowadays, Brazil's numbers when it comes to, for example, hunger, the, the numbers of people who actually... Are, are hungry on a daily basis now, are the highest they've been, I think, since the 1980s. The number of unemployment is very, very bad. Inflation is really up. And not only with this sort of economic issues that are really affecting, especially poor, uh, the the people, let's say the, the poorest uh, groups in Brazil.
0: And that's his base uh, COVID, anyway, isn't it?
1: Oh, well, not really, not necessarily. This was the past election was quite confusing because basically you had um, an option between a workers party that was really many people were tired of having, you know, 14 years of 13 years of the same party in government. There had been all the scandals. There had been, you know, an impeachment. So and I mean, last election, presidential election, Lula ended up in jail, right, during the time of the election. It was a really, really big mess. And Bolsonaro kind of came like Trump, someone claiming that they were, you know, outside of the establishment, saying, you know, I'm going to do things differently, and I'm going to put order in this chaos, and I'm going to fight corruption. And sort of, he had a lot of people, I think, that even though they didn't really like him, they were willing to give a shot for something different. This time it's different because he's the incumbent. So he needs to convince people that, hey, you're going to have four more years of me and that would be good. And that's one of the big problems that he has right now because most people are like, I don't want four more years of this. And COVID also hit Brazil very hard. I mean, Bolsonaro, he, he made very light um, kind of mocking people who were um, without breath. Over almost 700,000 Brazilians died from, from COVID. He was recommending people not get vaccinated, recommending people to not wear masks. So there's a lot of, I think, um, people hurting because of family members and friends that they lost from COVID to a president who really doesn't seem to care much.
0: And have they shifted fundamentally in their attitudes to him, would you say then? Uh, And I just wonder whether it's just deep attitudes to democracy or what?
1: I think there's a little bit of a little bit of everything. So Bolsonaro, if you think of of Trump as a good example, there's going to be people who will always like him. There's going to be people who are going to follow him no matter what. So Bolsonaro does have that. But not everybody who voted him for him last election was in this ballpark. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that he did not deliver on what he was claiming, you know, that he would do to transform. And not only that, but actually made things worse because now Brazilians are comparing These last, you know, three and a half years, he started his tenure in January 1st, 2019. So people are comparing three and a half years of him, which have not been good, versus eight years during uh, Lula's presidency, Mm. where Brazil's number were were significantly better in a social economic situation. You know, it's one thing to say, I'm new, trust me, I'm going to provide something different. It's very different this time, which is, you know me, you've seen what I do do you want me to do more of
0: it? <laughs>
1: and I just think the fact that a lot of people are like, no, it's,
0: we don't want more of you. Like, this has not worked. Given that you mentioned Lula, tell us a little bit more about him. What would make most Brazilians want to see him back in office?
1: So Lula is a very polarizing figure in um, Brazilian politics in the sense, uh, in in the same sense of Bolsonaro, those who love him, love him, those who hate him, hate him. So there's very much this almost um, a devil or saint characteristic that people take into these two figures. But Lula, he is very charismatic and um, he's been in Brazilian politics for a very long time. He's always been to the left of um, the political stream. There are some people who really just don't like him. Other people will say, well, yeah, he's he's really good at talking, but he's actually, you know, what he did was he really just pandered to the poor people in Brazil to stay in power gave them money, gave them dreams and gave them really nice talk, but he didn't deliver on really changing the fundamentals of um, the country. And Lula also, what he has is uh, because his party, who was in, you know, leading in Brazil for about 13, 14 years, uh, they were so involved in all of these corruption scandals.
0: Well, he the- went to prison over this, didn't he?
1: Yes, he did and then he was exonerated. So it's it's one of those things where if you like Lula you'll say no, he was exonerated because he was innocent. They just didn't have the proof to, you know, go on with it. If you don't like Lula, you'll say the system is flawed. How can a man like him get out of prison, given everything that happened under him? Mm -hmm. He just gave an interview to this this big Brazilian network, and so he talked about corruption. So what he's saying is that one of the issues that happens when you have um, corruption is that if you have a good government, if you have a transparent government, you will allow corruption investigations to take place. And because of his government's willingness to be transparent, the moment that you allow the institutions to look for corruption they're more likely to find corruption <laughs> than if you if you say i will not allow any sort of investigations then you'll say well there's no corruption right he's he's kind of going into this idea which is a which is a real paradox mm-hmm. um that the more you're open about
0: let's look for corruption the more you're going to find it i'm going to ask you one final question because i know listeners yes, will course. say well what about the fate of the Amazon um, under yes. which man? You know, it's the deforestation, yes. as many people are concerned, yes. and the incredible growth of yes. pastures. What would your answer be?
1: Well, whether one likes Lula or not, he will be a lot better when it comes to managing the Amazon just because of his track record. Brazil's improvements in terms of um, climate in terms of deforestation and in a range of different things during his presidency, Brazil really, I think, stood proud to say that we had, you know, the country had really changed into a good direction. Brazil was really one of the leaders in terms of saying, no, we are doing this and we are doing the, the right thing with Bolsonaro. I mean, he has basically emptied, like hollowed out almost all, policies, almost all institutions related to the Amazon. He has a very old school understanding of development. Development is basically make money off of what nature gives you. Um, And anyone that's an outsider that complains, he says that they are communists, that they Mm. are leftists. Communist is actually a word that gets used a lot. He really made it into a thing where it's not about a debate of, well, it's up to Brazil to decide and this is what we're going to do is to say, no, anything that comes from the outside, they are, you know, they they, they don't want the best for the Amazon. They just don't want Brazil to grow or this is a communist takeover. There's a lot of conspiracy theories. Unfortunately, I don't see things getting any better when it comes to the Amazon, aside from something like you know, big pressure, let's say, Brazil's trying to get into the OECD. So unless the OECD director, who's an Australian, you know, if they go and say, okay, Brazil's not getting in, if these numbers are in this way, that might be something that might prompt him to change. Hmm. But definitely environment for, me, for him is not seen as a legitimate point Priority. Of, of, yes. yes okay,
0: well, that's a very good uh, background uh, for us. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. I thank you. Deborah Barros leal Farias uh, from the University of New South Wales, where she lectures in politics and international relations. I think there are five or six candidates all up, uh, and that um, first round election is uh, begins in October. Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.